This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation. Hi, and welcome to episode 88 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I'm your host, Lisa Nowakowski, and I'm a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County here in California. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in Beverly Hills, California. Just a reminder, we have a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that. Nope. However, if you love pumpkin spice latte, or if you hate it, this is the person that you get to thank or despise, depending on your thoughts on it. It was actually invented by a Stanford athlete. His name was Peter Dukes, and he was a basketball player with, an, with a BA in economics and an MBA from Stanford. And you can definitely tell that from the number of pumpkin spice lattes that are sold every year, right? Exactly. So our guests on the show today are Jen Fisher and Suzanne Crowley. I hope I said that correctly. Uh, who will be talking to us about using emojis in the classroom. So, Jen and Suzanne, tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. All right, so I guess I'll start off. First of all, I have to thank Mr. Dukes, as I am a pumpkin spice <laughs> fan. So that's my first fun fact. Um, I'm a former language arts teacher for about 15 years in the classroom, followed up that stint with uh, some time in professional development. And now I am the supervisor of 21st century skills for the fifth largest school district in New Jersey. Wow, that sounds impressive. Thanks. Say it, it all does, like right? That. I almost does. Anyway. And that was that was Jen, by the way. Oh, I'm Fisher. Hi. <laughs> and Fisher. I'm Suzanne Crowley. I feel the opposite about pumpkin spice. I don't <laughs> like that at all. Um, I am an English teacher. I taught middle school English for about 15 years, and now I teach at the high school level. And that's that's what I do. That is what you do. <laughs> um, but together, we uh, do a lot of PD outside of the classroom. We've presented at ISTE for the past two years, and we do a lot of uh, East Coast and regional conferences as well. So we were really excited to join you today. And we oh. started blogging, which is our new, our new fun love, is um, <laughs> our blog called Not Your Grandma's English Class. And we will have a link to that in the show notes, so you guys can definitely check that out. So. Emojis in the classroom. Everyone listening probably knows what emojis are, but just in case they don't, will you give us a quick explanation, please? Sure. So emojis are the modern day hieroglyphics. It's basically how kids talk to each other when they're texting, they're liking each other on social media. They really don't use words anymore. And so we kind of found a way to meet them where they are when it comes to using emojis in the classroom. So whenever you see like a thumbs up or a smiley face or a heart or a face with hearts coming out of the eyes, those are emojis. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. So, you know, aren't we supposed to be teaching proper English in school? Uh, why would we want to use emojis? That seems like it might be a cop out. Is you it know not? What? 
It's so interesting. We did a lot of research on brain-based learning, right? And the way that students learn and believe it or not, our brain is inundated with visuals all day long. 94% of what we take in has to do with visuals. Think about what we're looking at right now, right? I'm watching you, I'm looking at my computer and we do have some notes, but that's such a small piece of what we're doing. So the idea is that our brain can process images faster. So we wanted to figure out a way that we could take what students are currently doing in their teen and tween life, bring it into the classroom to help them make meaning of complex texts and complex ideas. So we're really using emojis as a way to synthesize the difficult English concepts and make it fun. So how can we use emojis in the classroom then? All right, so one of the things that we wanted to talk about was with our older kids, right? We talked about getting them to synthesize. We talked about them getting to retell, to summarize. But think about even some of our littlest learners. We know that some of the listeners of your podcast have the littles in the classroom and they don't necessarily know how to express themselves. So emojis can also be a great way for them to kind of share a little bit about who they are without having to be scared of not saying the right thing, right? So using that idea of symbolism. So Suzanne and I, we recently wrote um, a blog post for Ditch That Textbook about 10 different ways to use emojis in the classroom. So we thought we would take maybe five of our favorites today to share with your listeners. Oh, that would be great. All right, okay. Sue. So we'll get started. Um, <laughs> I teach high school English and the name of the game, everything we do is all about annotating annotating nonfiction text, annotating stories, and really watching the kids interact with the text that they're reading. Letting them use emojis to react to what they're reading in addition to their words, there needs to be a balance, is really something that we found has been pretty powerful. Challenging them to find the image because they do remember the image better than they'll remember the words. And so with my high school kids, here's, we recently did a, an article about teenage stress, which they had a lot to say about because <laughs> they are so overly stressed all the time. And so looking at the emojis, um, the happy, the stressed, the scared that they were adding to the document really gave me insight that when they're pressed for time, they weren't really able to write as much as they were able to convey to me through the emojis. So that's one way we've been using them in the English classroom. Another way is when we ask them in their writing, show us what you did here. Um, if you're trying a new strategy, if you're trying a voice strategy, give me an idea of what you did. And so we sort of came up with a key where we matched emojis to strategies. And it was a quick way for them to say, hey, I heard you, you wanted me to break down the fourth wall. I did that here, take a look. Does that make sense? That make yeah, sense? you okay. made total sense. Hey. You know, and with that said, um, we I mentioned that I was an eighth grade English teacher for a really long time. And you know, we were, we were tasked with teaching novels like Romeo and Juliet or The Odyssey, which for eighth graders can be a really challenging text. One of my favorite activities I did with my students um, in my last year of the classroom was having them annotate and summarize Romeo and Juliet's prologue. And I still remember like the first line, two households, both alike in dignity. And we had our students use emojis. So we saw two little houses and the equal sign and they used a crown to represent dignity. And you know what? On the test, the students scored better than they ever did because they were processing their ideas and making it make sense to them using images. 
That, that's so cool. I just, I love that the little houses and you think about it, it really forces them to consider the meaning of the text so that they can select the right image to convey that. Right, so right. it seems like it would create deeper understanding than just trying to explain it or summarize it with words. Yeah, we're, if we're thinking about Bloom's taxonomy, we're really asking our students to look at that higher level stuff, the synthesizing of ideas, and that's where we want to get them. And getting them to try to summarize ideas in pictures and in just a few pictures really gets them to think outside of themselves. Um, but in addition to like what we've done with text, there's a lot with social emotional learning right now. And we found emojis to be a great way to help our students uh, tap into that idea as well. Yeah, so we started doing something, well, I started doing something in my classroom with the mental health check-in where every Monday they come on in and they journal for a little while, but then I have a chart up and it's one of those, what am I feeling today charts? Do I need some help? Am I feeling good? Do I need a check-in? Am I really struggling? And so it is a quick way for kids to just put their post-it on the emoji that matches how they're feeling. And then it gets me, like I have the information, okay, this kid had a rough weekend, his head's on the desk, I know what's going on with him, I've got to check in. And so it's a way for them to talk to the teacher without having to really talk to the teacher. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? <laughs> I get it. So I know, okay, at a time later on, I'm going to pull this kid aside and check in with him because this is where his post-it landed. Their names are on the back of the post-it, it's all anonymous. And then I have you know, kind of a little window into how they're feeling on a social emotional level. And the reason why it works best for the littles, I teach bigs, I call them, <laughs> but my kids are little. And a lot of times I notice, especially with my first grader, he doesn't have, I'll, he'll come home and I'll say, how was your day? He doesn't have the language to really express why he's frustrated or why he's sad or what's going on. But when we give them these pictures, he can point to the one that kind of matches the way he's feeling that day. And it's a good conversation starter. You know, and conversation starters is another really powerful thing that Suzanne and I have tried, um, both in professional development sessions, but with our students. Uh, we call this one emoji icebreakers. So think about this, you're looking at your phone and you go through and you look at your emojis. Your job would be to find the three emojis that best symbolize who you are. Now we did this with adult learners at a recent conference and the conversations that ensued because not only are you selecting pictures, but you kind of have to give the why. So I also, I did that with my own daughter. Uh, Suzanne and I both have fifth grade daughters um, as well. And we tried this idea with them in addition. And it was fun to see that my daughter, you know, she chose the soccer ball, which was very obvious. And she chose the microphone, but Kind of thinking outside of the box she chose a book and I was like oh because because you like to read she's like no because I one day want to write books and I was like you know what that's kind of awesome so even getting adult learners to think about who they are can be a great mm -hmm. just fun simple icebreaker to get conversation started but also to get to know our kids beyond the content even for you guys for your tech learn coffee I see a computer a book and some coffee you don't even need the word. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're ahead of the curve. Really <laughs> Add a ninja and then you really move in. That's well, you know, we got to have the ninja. Clearly. <laughs> so I'm looking at the notes here and you also mentioned um, that you do exit tickets. Can you talk about that a little bit, please? Do that one? Sure. <laughs> um, 
Well, we, I've used it a couple different ways. Sometimes I ask the kids to give me an emoji that summarizes how they feel about their learning. Did you get it? Can we move on? Do I need to go back? Or are you feeling like sad, frustrated, angry? Um, and then recently we did some work with another teacher who used it completely. Oh, it was really cool. He's, he's the best. He's good. Um, Chuck Poole, follow him on teachonomy.com. Yes. <laughs> he is. Every time we think we have a good idea, we look at Chuck's and it's better. Um, but he has the kids rate his lesson, um, using emojis. Did he nail it? Was it boring or did, you know, what could he have done better? And so where I've always taken it as like, let me try to gauge their learning, their understanding. He did it more as an yeah, evaluation of his teaching skills and whether or not the kids liked the lesson, not whether they understood it, but whether they liked him. And I said, well, that's really putting yourself out there. I don't know that I would be searching for that. Um, <laughs> but he did it in such a unique way. He has um, a little box that he sets up uh, on the outside of his classroom and it has three different holes and one of them is for like a happy face or a thumbs up. I think he used like the finger emojis, mm -hmm. like a thumbs up, a thumbs down and one that was kind of right in the middle. And the students anonymously uh, used these wooden chips. almost chips and they, they kind of voted in that way. And you know what? Chuck is so good. Everything was always thumbs up, but um, it was an interesting way to use it. Yeah. yeah. But we've used it mostly, I've used it mostly with my kids as like, how do you feel about your understanding of, or sometimes at the end of a chapter, if something happens major with a character, how do you feel about it? Are you, are you sad for this character? We, I used this last year when we were reading Of Mice and Men. And for your listeners who maybe haven't read it, I don't want to give away the ending, but it is shocking and terrible. And so I had the kids use emojis to share how they felt about the way that that novel ended. And they were really, they were sad. And you know what? It was a good segue into author, uh, to author's purpose, into mood, into tone as well. So you can take these complex literary ideas, summarize them in pictures, and students don't even realize that they're learning. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. And for those listeners who haven't read Mice and Men, I highly recommend it. Me too. <laughs> I read it for the first time in school because they made me, but I read it again afterwards because it is, it's so good. Agreed. It's, Agreed. it's just really good. So um, looks like we have about seven seconds left. <laughs> the timer's going to go off. You, you were fabulous. So let me ask you, okay, here, there's the timer. I'm stopping it. Um, <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to say to sum up or something that you forgot to mention that's really important? Um, I think just one of the things when it comes to teaching teens and tweens, listen to your kids, see where they are, see what they're using and try to figure out ways to bring that into your instruction. By meeting your kids where they are, you have a better chance of getting that buy-in. Yeah, if they're having fun, they're learning more. <laughs> And so doing things like this and bringing in the things that they already use, whether it's social media or the emojis or whatever is happening, you know, this week when it comes to teens, TikTok videos. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, might be it. TikTok videos. <laughs> We're going to write our next blog post on TikTok videos in the classroom. <laughs> but it, making it fun for them is really, they're going to learn more that way. So. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for being on to our listeners. Thank you for listening. And please know we are going to link the full article that Jen and Suzanne wrote for uh, Ditch That Textbook in our show notes. So if you need to know more about emojis, that's where you can go. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. And tonight's...
or an emoji comment. Yes, leave us an emoji comment. Or if uh, you don't want to leave an emoji comment, let us know how you have used emojis in your classroom. But I'm totally up for the emoji exit ticket. How did we do? Smiley face, thumbs up, or are you crying and having a thumbs down? <laughs> Anyway, uh, join us on Wednesday, November 20th. Sorry, that's November 20th. When our guest will be Veronica Alvarez and talking, she'll be speaking about how redesignation impacts English learners. Yes, and jumping back over to the Of Mice and Men, um, I actually live in the Salinas Valley, so that is Steinbeck country. So of course, when I got here, I had to uh, read it. <laughs> yes. So I did read it. Um, so please don't forget uh, to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like the show, and of course you do, please uh, help other people find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Please remember that we are always looking for guests to share the great things that they are doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill, or if you'd like to be a guest, please fill out our contact information form at tlc.ninja, and we'll get in contact with you. Thank you, and see you next time, or listen to us next time.